You are now listening to that meddlesome jerk. Please enjoy responsibly. Monday came, went, no new podcast. It is now Thursday, and I'm putting one out. It is mid-afternoon, by the way, uh, 3.30 here, my time in California. And here I am recording this to put it out. Because if I don't, then I'll never do it. And then the next Monday will come, and then the next, and then the next, and then the next. Uh, late last night as I was scrolling through Netflix and Hulu and HBO Max and Showtime and Prime and Shudder and Disney+, Plus, I realized, as I could find nothing to watch, that... My depression might have gotten the best of me because I should, even if it's the office again, I should be able to put on something, but nothing, nothing sounded good. And then I just decided to go to sleep. Even that didn't sound good, but went to sleep and that was that. Uh, so I've realized that my depression probably has been hindering me from doing a lot of things. Um, that, on top of every time I try to do a new podcast, I get interrupted. I've been interrupted twice doing this one already. So that's been fun. The first time I tried to do it, um, I timed poorly and then dinner was ready. I got like 10 minutes in, sun comes bursting in through the door. Dinner's ready. So it's like, oh, I'll just do it later tonight that night, which I didn't. I think that was on uh, Sunday night, I want to say, and I was going to have it ready to, you know, at midnight, send it out and be done. And then I tried to do it again, and Cricket got into the house, apparently, and um, was terrorizing my son because I hear screams from the other room, and then a, a vacuum started, and he's chasing this Cricket around the living room with a, with a vacuum trying to suck it up. So I go out there and get rid of the cricket. And uh, and then I almost gave up. I was like, you know what? I'm, uh, I'm not even going to bother. I mean, I'm going to just play Tony Hawk or just sit down and do nothing. And I was like, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. So here I am doing it. But that seems to be the case a lot of the times when I try to do the podcast. Um, a lot of times I get interrupted. I will be sitting here, minding my own business, kind of hoping someone would talk to me, and I get nothing. It's just pure silence. And as soon as I hit record, my door gets kicked down, a fucking three-ring circus comes in, fucking death metal band sets up, starts playing. My wife wants to know everything about everything that's ever happened in the universe, all of a sudden, everything becomes my problem, and everyone wants to talk to me and hang out. Now, I'm not complaining that people want to talk to me. That's great. But they choose the wrong times. For sure. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's almost like uh, with the headphones. You know, No one talks to you until you put on a pair of headphones, and all of a sudden, everyone's a chatty fucking Kathy and, and want to chew your ear off. So... I feel like when I've tried to sit down, I get interrupted. 
or I just don't have the motivation. And then there's some of the episodes that I need to edit, and then I haven't done those. And then there is other people's episodes I need to edit, so I haven't done those. And then there's people's albums that I'm producing. And like I'm doing that, but it's like, a, you know, and then the, my own album and all this other stuff. Granted, I'm not some huge fucking rock star. It's okay. Um, I'm not, you know, I don't even know who the top podcaster is anymore. But whoever it is, I'm not them. Like, I don't even know if my audience gets upset when I'm not delivering things on time, but I try. I want to get more in a schedule. I want to get more in a routine of like, nope, this is how I do it. Just wake up and go. Um, you know, hopefully start improving myself mentally, physically, and just get in that mindset of, of go, go, you know, just to, to be better, to do better, to want to do better, and hopefully clear some of these things off my plate. One of the bad things is I have a ton of episodes that are kind of, that don't really need to be edited. They are, they're good to go. Um, I mean, most of the times I edit out of just, uh, what's the word I'm like, like really for you, uh, the listener, because there are certain episodes that are just fucking super long and they don't need to be that long. There are sometimes that just things get way sidetracked and uh, off into the weeds and and whatever. And sometimes they're entertaining. Sometimes they're not. Sometimes conversations start losing steam and then they pick back up. So there's a whole weird part for like 30 minutes where you can tell both of us are kind of gassed. And then, boom, conversation gets picked back up. But it's like, do you really need to listen to that half hour? of just nonsense. No. And then there's other times, you know, a lot of times, uh, people are working from home or, you know, when things happened where I did an interview recently where, you know, people got kept getting packages and people kept coming to their door and like their phone kept ringing and, and so on and so on. So we kept having to pause the conversation so they can go, you know, be about their daily life. And that's fine. And I'm glad that they took the time it's just I need to sit down and edit that, and I know it's going to be a pain, and I know it's going to take forever. And right now, I didn't even want to watch something on Netflix. So, and that takes no energy, no nothing. But I'm trying to combat that and and get in a better mind state and just push through. If I don't want to do it, I'm going to get up and make myself do it. So here I am now recording the podcast that should have been recorded a couple days ago and already been sent out. So my my thought is, and even though I know I'm dooming myself by announcing this, just like I I messed up by saying every Monday, because obviously it's not every Monday. It's every whenever. At least it's once a week now. I mean that's something. I'm gonna try I'm going to try my hardest to do every single Monday, but Starting this Monday, I'm going to, at least Monday through Friday, release one episode a day. Instead of 20 at a time, it's going to be Monday, new one, Tuesday, new one, Wednesday, new one, so on and so on. I'm doing this because I realized 
that I was starting to stack more and more and more. And I'm like, man, if I wait to release all of these from week to week, it's going to be a very long time before we get to certain things. And then like there's certain conversations that happen where I'm like, well, this is more of a now conversation or whatever it may be. And then certain episodes get keep getting pushed back. I'm like, I want to put them out at least. It's, you know, at least for my guest's sake because they gave me their time and talked to me and I don't want to be rude and be like, oh, well, I just keep pushing your episode back and I may never air it. Um, so that's my plan for the upcoming week to get some of this out and off the table. And, you know, now with more people going back to work, hopefully it will be a little bit better with, you know, all right, cool. Now I can have something to listen to every other day and I'm going to try to keep them a little bit shorter because God knows you're not just made of time. So speaking of keeping things shorter, let me get to my point of today's episode. Recently, we lost a member of the musical community and it hit me pretty hard. Um, Toots Hibbert, who is the front man for Toots and the Maytels, who is a ska slash reggae band, um, started off ska, moved a little more towards reggae, like most of the groups did at the time. Um, or, you know, their, their, their sound varied for a little bit, but they, they were very much a ska band when they started off. They worked with the Scottalites and very much influential to many bands and myself. And I've grown up listening to them. So it was, and, and with that group in particular, like, it's not like, oh man, I haven't listened to them in 15 years. I listen to them at least once a month, once a week. Um, they're, they're kind of in my constant rotation uh, of music, depending on, obviously there's certain times where it's like, I only want to listen to something and that's all I'm going to listen to. But for the most part, they're, they make their way into almost all my mixes and, you know, not too much time passes before I listen to them again. You may not know that you've heard of them, that you probably have, um, even if you haven't heard their music directly. You've probably heard someone cover one of their songs, whether it's uh, Sister Merce or Sister Nancy doing Bam Bam, which is a fairly popular older reggae song. And then um, there is the Sublime cover, What's My Number? So that's probably where like a bulk of people have heard one of their songs. Because let's face it, we've all heard fucking Sublime, even if you don't like them. I mean, you could probably turn on the radio right now and scan through the stations and find a Sublime song or a Red Hot Chili Peppers song. One of those two are always fucking playing, it seems like. So, and then if, even if you haven't, you know, you never even listened to Sublime. Um, they did the theme song for Miami Inc., which was a huge, huge deal back in the day when it was uh, airing. I know a lot of people really liked it. But their song, um, Monkey Kingston, was their their theme song. So anyway, so to me, it was a, a, a big, a big one, a big loss, really. Um, because if you are part of my life, you know 
how big of a ska fan I am, and if not, you're about to find out. So today's episode is dedicated to ska. I wanted to do a ska episode a while back ago, and I've tried a couple times, and um, once again, the kind of the two things that uh, I talked about before kind of always get in the way. There's certain times where I would I would sit down and I just have this bulk of information to spew, and I'm like, Ugh, I don't want to sit here and just yammer on for two, three, four hours by myself. It's a lot easier when I have someone to go back and forth with. But when you're by yourself, it seems a little more daunting of a task, especially, you know, like I sat down and wrote like pretty much like this thesis of of what I wanted to say. Uh, today, I have no notes. I have no nothing. I'm just shooting off from my, my brain. But I'm only saying this because it just it felt daunting. And, it, and like there were certain times I would I would start. And then one time I had my computer crash on me, like the program I was recording crashed. Uh, and it didn't save anything, and I was like 45 minutes to an hour in, and then other times it's just like, oh, I don't want to sit here and do this for that long, because I have to do it in my room, and I have to do it with all the fans off, and I have to do it with complete silence, and like I said before, it's fucking hot, it's 100 degrees right now, and I'm pacing back and forth in my room, no fans, no nothing, and like, you know, it's it's going to get pretty hot it gets real hot and stuffy in here. And so, so the thought of sitting for hours and hours pumping out all this dry information just didn't seem helpful. And plus that was the other thing. Like a lot of times it just felt dry, but I didn't know really how to pepper it up. You know, it's like a lot of times I'm talking about, uh, you know, the suffering uh, of people and like the, the people of Jamaica and like how they're, the poverty and all this stuff, and then some. One of my good fucking splashing jokes. I could, I'm not gonna, but. So or, I would start, and then just people kept bothering me, and I'm like, oh fuck it, well I'll just do it another day, you know, and then I just never got around to it. Then the, then we lost Toots, and I was like, you know, there there's no better time than now, and by no better time I mean, four or five days after it happened. So here I am um, talking about ska. Now, I have loved ska for majority. I've loved ska longer than I haven't loved ska. I started really getting into it probably around like junior high. And I am into it to you know this day. The, the first tattoo I ever got was Rude Boy on the back of my legs. I have multiple ska themed tattoos i have the specials um little mascot logo whatever you want to call them like i have him tattooed on me i have a bunch of ever uh, other scoffing i have rude uh, on tattooed across my knuckles so i'm in it to win it you know like ska's a way of life for me it's it's not just a silly joke or some fucking music thing. It, it it transcends music. It transcends all that. It's it's a culture. It's a lifestyle. And, you know, ska gets a bad name. Ska gets a bad rap. It, it's treated as a joke in the music community. And But, it, but it's weird because sometimes it does and sometimes it doesn't. It's like the older ska and stuff is a little more uh, treated with more respect. 
like the specials and madness, uh, and then going further back to the Ethiopians, Toots, the Maytel, like stuff like, like if I threw on something that anything Trojan Records put out, you know, and I have some fucking like hipster music critic from Pitchfork sitting in my house, they're probably not going to make fun of me. But once you start going past really the specials or really, really like depending on what even two-tone era you might get made fun of. But a lot of times when people think of ska, they think of lightheartedness. They think of goofy. They think of dudes in checkered vans and a fucking Hawaiian t-shirt. Um, and it's like, yes, checkers play a part of ska, but technically checkers came around later on. And checkers really were because of two-tone, like the, you know, the whole two-tone revival and two-tone records and, uh, you know, black and white racial unity because there was a lot of divide then. And so, you know, when ska first started out, um, you know, Jamaica was not doing good. It, it like super poor and not a lot of job stability. And so, you know, crime was on the rise and, and dance halls and, and stuff and like battling DJs, they would come up with their, you know, little, little like vans and set up just play music. And then they play in dance halls and like, it was a big thing. Um, and I won't get like too, too much in the history, but you know, um, Rude Boys started off as, like, basically thugs. They, it, it, they're basically like the first kind of hip-hop people where it's like they promote this thug lifestyle, yet they're dressing nice-ish. You know, they wanted to show off. So it's the same thing, like, with rappers who have all these chains and rings and fucking all, you know what I mean? And they want to show off their wealth. It was the same thing. That's why they wear suits. Because in a time of being poor, that was their way to like show off. Like, Psh, look, I wear a suit. Yeah, like that was their bling. I know that sounds so white and stupid, but that was their way of showing off. Uh, even if they didn't have any money, you know, like there's a lot of people who get the rings and then the jewelry and it's fake diamonds, but they need to, they need a floss. So. Um, a lot of ska bands were divided when it came to the Rude Boys. Some were all about them and glorified them, and some were completely anti them. And, I mean, kind of much like hip-hop with, like, the thug lifestyle. If you look at, you know, Common, he is not rapping about... Like, he's not promoting violence. He's not promoting any of, like, the thug lifestyle or anything like that. But then other people are. So, um, you know, Ska, back in the day, there was lots of violence at shows. Because, you know, like, a lot of times Rue Boys would come and they would, they would, like, thrash dance halls. And they would steal people's records and break them, you know. And, like, they would, a lot of times... Uh, competing DJs would send over people to mess with another DJ because, you know, like when that's your only money, hey, you're taking away business from me and that's not going to fly. 
So lots of violence, poverty. And then when it reached England, once again, kind of the same thing. It was the English were poor. It, you know, there wasn't jobs. There wasn't much going on. And, and you know, the, like some of the image groups came over and they're hearing these songs about the working class and like how they're pissed at the government. You know, kind of like this punk rock spirit. And they heard this and they like they related to it. And, you know, they started forming their own bands and, and a lot of like the older, older bands, like, um, like they, they really identified with what was going on back then and like the music and the message. And so it really struck with them. And so, you know, that's when, you know, like, and then with two-tone, uh, and then the whole racial divide, you had violence again at shows. So, you know, there's the, like the special line, no more fighting on the dance floors. People were just, people were poor and angry and they hated other people that didn't look like them. Which I know we're, we're far from and it sounds crazy, but just stay with me. So first wave a, a, a weird blend of positivity positivity mixed with violence. Second wave, a weird mix of positivity and violence and darkness and anger. You know, it's it's all this stuff. It's it's trying to uplift the common folk and just there's bad things happening all around them. And there's fights and there's violence and just everything bad like. Um, you know, their one escape there's clashes there. Like you can't even go in Jamaica, you go to the dance hall, you could get fucked up. You're in England and you go to some concert, you probably could get fucked up and get a brick thrown at your head or a bottle or stabbed. I mean, that happened a lot. And so third wave came around, you know, a lot of bands in America started, you know, coming through and like, um, a lot of the a lot of the bands who became a little bit bigger started in in Southern California. Um, New York had a big big move. Like they all we all ha they all had their little pockets. But um, you know now things aren't as, like in Southern California. Yes, there's gangs and there's this there's this and that and there's bad times. But I guarantee life for someone in the lower class wasn't the same as the life for lower class in Britain in the seventies or Jamaica in the forties and fifties where people were living in fucking shanty towns, you know? So the music's going to reflect that a little bit. They like, the, they liked the specials. They like toots and Maytels and they like all this stuff. And so they start emulating it a bit and they, they come up with their own stuff. But, you know, they've also been raised on different things. They've been raised also with punk. You know, punk was still a new thing back then when it was like hitting England and when, when Scott was hitting England and getting popular. It hadn't been around for decades. So now, you know, you got a lot of bands who grew up listening to punk and then like they listen to a little bit of ska and then they start mixing it. And then you got bands like voodoo glow skulls and, and real big fish and you're adding distortion to your stuff. But even if your life is bad, it ain't as bad as before. 
And so that's why you get bands like Real Big Fish and Mustard Plug and Save Ferris and, you know, name any other band that only a handful of you listening even know who the fuck I'm talking about. That's why I'm trying to keep it somewhat reeled back. Um, but basically, it's bands like Real Big Fish is a great example. They are. They, they sing about drinking beer and, you know, trying to get with chicks and getting, you know, rejected. That's, and, and not selling out while they literally were selling out. So it was, it was a different mentality when, when writing these songs. And so it showed through and, and you're going to get like a little bit brighter. And then like Real Big Fish was wearing the Hawaiian shirts. I blame them because no one else is fucking wearing Hawaiian shirts. And then all of a sudden, Vans with uh, checkers and then, you know, a Hawaiian shirt and a, a fedora. And then all of a sudden you're like, I'm a rude boy and skanking it up. And like a lot of times they knew a little bit about their history, but not a lot. It's like, well, why would they? Why would they need to? And so and then, and then there's been kind of a divide, too, with some fans of like, I only listen to first wave. I only listen to second wave. I only listen to third wave or I'll listen to third and first or second and th you know what I mean? And then they mix and match and do whatever. Cause I like, I like the second wave, but I don't like all of it. A lot of it's garbage. Um, same thing with the third. There's a lot of great bands because so many more bands came out of that era. And, but I don't love it all. Um, but anyway, and that's kind of where the jokes started coming from where it's like, oh, well, we're not taking these guys serious. You know, you had bands called Scaba the Hut. And, you know, all these play on 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 ska like. And so why would would they, you know, they're not my bloody Valentine fucking droning and making art pieces. They're singing about nonsense. Uh, you know, like all the Aquabats and their song Super Rad. Or, you know, it's like they're uh, uh, basically a kid's band. And that's not to say that, you know, I'm bad-mouthing the Aquabats by any mean, but I can see someone who only listens to uh, Godspeed Black Emperor or Mount Zion or Pavement or any of those fucking bands and like they're like, I only listen to Mogwai. And then you're like, you should listen to this. And then it just, it seems like uh, Mattel started a band for preschoolers. And they're like, here you go, the Aquabats. It, it, like, I, I, I get why it seems so silly and stupid when you take yourself so serious. But... That's not the entire scene and every scene, you know, every band has, or every scene has that one band who is kind of that black sheep of the scene. Everyone has them, you know, like people look, look at, you, you can't just be like, oh, you know what? All hard rock and metal. That's just Nickelback and Creed. It's like they fall under that umbrella. Yes. But they're not a representation because the Aquabats 
maybe ska, at least when they first started out, a real big fish maybe, you know, considered ska. But then you have Mephiscopheles, who is, you know, they're, they're jazz-fused ska, and, like, they are great musicians, and they write great songs. And you listen to the two of them, and they're nowhere near each other. You, you put on, you know, the Boston's impression that I get, and then you play that next to Choking Victim or Leftover Crack. They're both kind of ska punk, but one's way darker and one's way happier. I mean, one is called Choking Victim, for God's sake. And so, you know, Choking Victim never got made fun of. Uh, left or like leftover crack never got made fun of and lumped in with like shitty ska people people loved it and but they're they're definitely like they have they are definitely a you know a ska band like they have you know more punk and ska but like they're they play ska songs they have ska in their songs and so it, it's all about representation and and it's hard when it's like a vast amounts of bands and like what gets radio play, you know, almost every single person, uh, my age and below for the most part has heard Superman by Goldfinger because whether it's Tony Hawk or, or whatever, you know, mainly it's Tony Hawk, the Tony Hawk pro skateboarder games. And then it was in movies. It was in Kingpin. It was in a bunch of stuff. It was fucking everywhere. And so almost everyone's fucking heard that song. And, but, you know, not many people have heard Hepcat, which is a shame because like that's more traditional ska sounding and it's a little more, the musicianship is way better and it's not as kind of goofy and quirky and I don't, you know, I, I don't mean to be doing a disservice to Goldfinger by any means, but, you know, when you listen to that, it, it, it's understandable to where it's like, oh, this seems a little more like I, I'm not taking this serious. But when you listen to Hepcat and they're like real musicians and they give a shit about their culture and heritage and, and they give a shit about the music that they play and you can tell. It's like, oh, okay, it's taken a little more serious. And you don't ever hear them getting thrown into it. But, like, Scott is a joke for a lot of people, especially musicians. I've defended it many, many times. But it's like when people joke about it, they they only bring up the shitty parts. It's not nothing, none of the good. And, you know, it's always lighthearted, goofy. I have seen so many fights at shows people you know get angry and i've seen people get stabbed at shows i've seen this girl get her teeth knocked out um tons of violence like it never went away violence was still there you know that happens anytime you get young angry people together even if they're dancing um but do I want to start a crusade to go get everybody to be on board? No. Also, I get it, too. Like, I'm not really a fan of jazz. Sorry. I'm just not. 
The older I get, the more I hate it, oddly enough. You would think it would be the other way around, like my other friends who started off kind of liking it, and now they fucking love it. Some of my friends, that's all they listen to. Mazel tov. That's cool. I don't care. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of ska that I listen to that's like jazz-themed and jazz-inspired, but it's more rhythmic, and I and I'm more into that. And even like the more jazz theme bands, I don't like them as much as say, um, a Leftover Crack, or Operation Ivy, or you know someone along those lines. Where it's like I love my traditional ska, I love it, but like when it gets too jazzy, that's when I'm out. I like my I like my shit to swing, and I want to hear some rhythm. I don't I don't need to hear your fucking thirty seven solos. And so, uh, generally, I don't tend to like ska bands with no singer because that's all they do is have... It's basically more rhythmic jazz. And, you know, it's just solo on solo. And I don't really get down with that. And I get that. Like, man, some people like things that are more aggressive. They don't want things that are mellow. And that is completely fine. But it does break my heart when people make fun of it because I don't think really you should make fun of any type of music. Um, certainly there are some that are more deserving than others, but I mean, really when it comes down to it, like who gives a shit, you know? Um, all right. Yeah. You don't like dubstep. It's fucking silly. You know, those like industrial ravers with their fucking insane Jinko pants and like their glow sticks and dreadlocks and pigtails and they're doing their fucking dance in a, a weird alleyway. Yeah, they look silly and people like to mock them, but they're having fun with their friends. And I'm online being like, these, look at these fucking idiots. So it's like, I don't know, who's the real loser? It's still them, but yes, you know, you get what I'm saying. But I mean, music is subjective. So... One person's going to gravitate towards something and that's going to be, that's their thing and that's their life and like it means something to them. It doesn't have to mean anything to you and you don't have to like it. I, I feel like that's been a theme for people for a long time where it's like, well, I don't like that shit. Cool. I don't give a shit. Don't like it. Like when it comes to music... Uh, I'm pretty easygoing. If we're in a road trip together, I'm not going to force you to fucking listen to, you know, Martin Modeski and Wood and then pile on fucking, you know, Sonic Youth outtakes or some John Zorn. Like, if that's not your bag, it's not really mine. That shit would give me a panic attack pretty quick. But... If we're in the car and, you know, you only listen to a certain type of music, I'm pro I'm going to lean heavier on that. I'll sprinkle something else in. It's like if you only like like in the newer pop like Justin Bieber and Five Seconds of Summer and, and Katy Perry and things like that. All right. I don't mind some of that stuff. We can listen to that. But I'm also going to sprinkle in maybe some more less offensive rock, maybe some Elton Eleven, some... Maybe some Tears for Fears. Some, you know what I mean? Maybe a little more on the electronic side than more distortion side because, you know, pop seems to be more electronic. So, you know, you're going to hear a little more 80s stuff. You're going to hear a little more of like uh, some indie pop or whatever it may be. 
but like I don't think you should be put down for only liking dubstep because I don't like it. It's ridiculous. But Ska has a very long history. It's got a very complicated history. It's got a very rich history. Um, not literally, because all everyone's poor. But I like it for that, because there's a reason why we do the things we do. It's, it's not just a, you know, why do punks wear leather jackets? You know, a lot of that shit started because Malcolm McLaren owned an S&M shop with a bunch of leather and spikes and shit. You know, and he was a businessman who sold fashion. So, surprise, surprise, you know, when he's in the, the beginning stages of the punk and starting the Sex Pistols, what are people going to wear? Bondage pants. They're going to wear leather jackets. You know, it's, I mean, leather jackets too also stem back to greasers, but they're going to wear more leathery stuff. They're going to wear more spikes. And that's where that shit comes in from. You know, uh, people tend to forget a lot of punks used to wear swastikas because it was, you know, kind of like this, the just this, the imagery, basically. They wanted to shock people. It's not that they believed in in Nazism. They are they they stood with the Nazis. They were just it was all about shock and all. Anyway, but I know when I put on a suit, I know why I wear a suit. I know why I wear the things I wear. When I'm putting on, you know, my doc, like I know all that shit. I know about the working class. I know about I like it, and it's part of a history to me, and like it's something that I take serious because it's not just some dumb bullshit that was marketed it was like started by the people for the people and it's kind of still that way when it when it tried to get more on the mainstream you know it collapses and fails and it doesn't stay around for very long Specials and the English Beat and Madness and all that, like they weren't around, and like that wasn't a huge long period for them. And then when it tried to come back around with, you know, Real Big Fish and No Doubt and Goldfinger, that shit exploded real quick. I mean, a lot of a lot of it has to do with like the underground, um, and then just the mainstream not wanting anything to do with it. So. I do remember, though, when it was starting to uh, get really popular, that's when a lot of violence started happening, too. Because I remember when the, I saw the girl's teeth get smashed out, you know, like this girl who listened, you know, looked like she only listened to NSYNC was at a show. And she was like fucking, you know, messing kind of like in with the wrong people. Like she thought she could be friendly with this group and they weren't having it. it it's very much. Like the Lords of Dogtown, where it's like, hey man, this is our beach, locals only kind of thing. And I don't agree with that. I think everyone should be included. But that's how it is. And people are very protective with their culture. Uh, or their, their, you know, their scene. And I mean, there's a reason I have Rude tattooed on my knuckles instead of just, you know, somewhere else, like, 
It's not a joke to me. Though, I have to fucking hear, like, I've heard anything and everything from every dickhead on the planet. Oh, what happened? You're going to get nice on the other side of the... Every fucking stupid joke that any old man could possibly fucking think of, I've heard, or any stupid, uh, every fucking old lady. And uh, it does get tiresome at a point. And sometimes I'm like, ah, I wish I could take it off just so I can stop hearing their dumb fucking jokes. It's like when you have to hear uh, some old man, you know, hard at work or hardly working. And two minutes later, another one comes by. Hard at work or hard, and you hear that all day, and they all think that they're the same one. And anyone who has ever worked retail, same thing when they're checking that twenty dollar bill or a hundred dollar bill, and they're like, oh, "I just printed it this morning." And they'll go, ah. They all think they came up with the joke, and then like they're all like, they don't know how many times you've heard it. I want them to. If you tell me the joke that I've heard a hundred times, you have to stand next to me all day. So you have to hear all the jokes all day long, like I do. And then you might realize, like, oh, shit, that's pretty annoying. Anyway. Uh, it's a, a big, big loss for my community and in the music world. And he will be missed. And if you like that kind of music, I definitely suggest checking it out. Like I said, I, I definitely understand. I'm like someone who only listens to extreme metal. I'm not going to be like, listen to this. Probably not going to like it. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed them. I enjoyed the band and, and, uh, their contribution was great. And I'm glad that I got to live in a world where Toots and the Maytels existed. So, that is all I have for today. And hopefully, not hopefully, fuck that. Monday, you're going to hear from me. And this week, we're going to put out one a week. So be on the lookout for that. So either that's good news for some, bad news for some. Some people like the spaced outness, but that's what's going to happen. All right. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of That Meddlesome Jerk.